Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about postpartum body respect and intuitive eating. Uh, But first, let's do some catching up. Nicole, what's new? Thanks to you, Gina. I did start you on Netflix. Mark was out of town on a work trip and I binged it pretty hard. So I'm still in season one, but okay, I'm enjoying. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's a, yeah, it's a, there's nothing quality about it. I don't think it's just, it's just good, which leads me to uh, my next thing, which is if you're looking for just a light hearted read and I'm not done with it, but it just has me like, oh, like in the cutest way, uh, a book it's called, it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. I'm just really enjoying palate cleanser, total palate cleanser, mindless reading. Love it. And, um, this, did you see on Instagram? I did a major major closet clean out on Saturday. I spent six hours and got rid of 12 garbage bags. Oh my God. Nicole, where, why do you have this many clothes? Why do I, and worse, if you saw my closet now, you'd be like, it's still really full. Like I, I actually (laughs) don't know how 12 bags of crap. I, I don't, Mark did get rid of like maybe a bag or two in there, but it was by far mostly my stuff. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Wow is right. Jeez. It felt really good actually. I bet. Yeah. It, I tried on like all the pants. Like I, I, and I told myself, I was like, if you keep it, you got to wear it. So I have a sweatshirt, a hoodie from 2002, a hockey <laughs> tournament. <laughs> And it's got like my hockey number and my name on it. I just can't part with it. Yeah. It fits a little different. We're going to talk about this with Catherine on the show today. I know, but it, it does fit differently than it did in 2002. But I, I'm like good with it. I, I This has sentimental value to me and yes. I'm going to keep it. So I'm going to wear it. Oh, yeah. I have a beat up Miami University sweatshirt that's super old. And I, it again, sentimental value. I do so wear it. It's very comfortable. It's raggy. I would really only wear it. I don't know, in the house, maybe I might, I don't know, go outside for a run in in it or something or go to a workout outside, but I love it. I would never get rid of it. So I I respect that. All right. What's new with you? All right. Well, Paige wants to start taking Spanish. Here's the thing. I think I said this on this podcast. One of the reasons I chose dietetics was because I didn't have to take a language. (laughs) I am so terrible with other languages, gosh, let alone our own. Uh, so when she told me she wants to take Spanish, I thought that is amazing. I, I let's do it. Let's sign her up. So I found her a private tutor who's going to come in and it's only 25 minutes a week, which I realize isn't even enough, but Hey, it is enough to get her just started. And yeah, just we're jumping in. And if we decide to do it twice a week, we can, we have the option to do that. So we'll see how much she likes it. And I think I'm just really excited about that. So you but. are winning at one of my 2021 goals. Okay. <laughs> which was, I am. Yeah, that was one of my goals. Was <gasps> the, we'll talk about it in a future. A future That's right. I totally forgot about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it hasn't started yet. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Cameron 
I got a call from school two weeks ago and they're like, he's okay, but did I tell this story already on the podcast? No. He he jumped off something and, and fell face first onto wooden stairs and he busted his tooth and then his, his tooth went through like his bottom lip almost. Ooh. And I didn't have to go pick him up. He was fine, but it was pretty bruised for about two weeks. And now I'm realizing that his tooth, his front big tooth has turned gray. So I'm looking at his mouth and I'm like, what? Because it's, it's all healed pretty much at this point, but his tooth is gray. And I'm thinking, why is his tooth gray? And then it dawned on me. Oh, yeah. He went you know, tooth first into a set of wooden stairs at preschool. <laughs> so he's basically got a dead tooth. Thankfully, it's a baby tooth, so it will fall out, but he'll probably have a gray tooth for another year. <laughs> Poor thing. Aww. Good thing he's cute. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> I listened to another book on tape recently, and I listened to it in about two days. It's called How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. <laughs> it is so good. It's by Jancy Dunn. I will put the link in our show notes. I also put it on our Instagram story and then I put it on our uh, nonfiction highlight, book highlight, if you're interested in looking there too. But it was just, oh, it was so good. It, she's funny, which I think was what made it, obviously, I mean, just the, the title of it's kind of funny. So, so the author and the narrator was just really funny and I just loved her stories and just loved it. Okay, lastly, since... When this podcast comes out, it will be the start of Beat Michigan Week. <clears throat> when do you think, Nicole, was the last time Michigan beat Ohio State in college football? Uh, 2017. <laughs> November 26th, 2011. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? That so I was texting with some friends today and I was like, we should have a football like day and for like the last game of the season, right? Which is for us always against Northwestern and for you guys always against um Michigan. I was like, we should do this. And yes. I think we're gonna do it. Oh nice. That's he's fun. like, Yeah, I usually don't watch past the first quarter because I get annoyed. Um, obviously he's a Michigan fan. So yeah, 2011, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Frickin' Ohio State. Ugh. Well, Michigan has to be good, but they're they're good this year. So I probably am going to be eating. Well, hopefully I'm not eating my words next Where week. Where is game. the game? It's at Michigan. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So before we begin, just a quick favor to ask everyone, since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So of course, we'd appreciate it. And today's episode is sponsored by Terry Manrique of Working With Parents. If you struggle getting your kids to listen or you feel like you're losing control of your kids and you're trying to get it back, Terry, who was on episode 113, is offering our listeners a 10% discount on any of her packages. And take it from me, if you're wondering if her services would help, they will. If you don't live in Columbus, Terry does long distance virtual consults too. You can learn more about her services by listening to episode 113 where I talk about all of our in-home nanny 911 experience. All right. So today we have the pleasure of interviewing Katherine Reiner, and I went to college with her. So I haven't talked to her in very in a very long time, but she's a master's level educated pediatric dietitian living in St. Louis, Missouri. She has 14 years of experience working both in her community and at a local U.S. News and World Reports nationally ranked 
Children's Hospital. In 2016, she opened her private practice, Healthy Kids Nutrition, LLC, providing compassionate, individualized nutrition therapy to families. In 2019, Catherine trained with Evelyn Tripoli, a co-author of Intuitive Eating, and became a certified intuitive eating counselor. As a mom herself, Catherine's mission is to help parents and kids have positive relationships with food so everyone can feel happy, healthy, and confident around the table. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. We have just had some tremendous technical difficulties, but we're going to do this interview and it's going to be awesome. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Yes, this is going to be awesome. And thank (laughs) you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, So yeah, a little um, random fact, Gina and I went to college together at Miami of Ohio and studied dietetics, uh, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. And I can't believe that was 20 years ago. Um, But yeah, so I'm a dietitian. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I went to undergrad at Miami of Ohio. And then I went to um, St. Louis University for my um, internship program and master's degree. From there, I worked um, at a local pediatric hospital. um, And I've been in pediatric nutrition ever since. So for the last almost 15 years, I have um, worked in a pediatric clinical setting. I'm doing inpatient and outpatient. I've worked in a variety of with, I've worked with a variety of populations. Um, right now I'm doing uh, dialysis, uh, kidney transplant, liver transplant, and um, I work with patients with diabetes as well. Um, when I first started my career at the same time as being in the clinical setting, I worked in um, the community doing home-based nutrition intervention for kids with special needs birth to age three. So it was really nice to kind of have that clinical piece to supplement um, the community aspect of my job. And then um, in 2016, I opened my private practice. Um, I really enjoy nutrition counseling. And that is actually when I feel like I started to hear more about intuitive eating, um, just with starting a practice and a business, wanting to learn a lot. Um, I kept coming across intuitive eating. And the more I learned, the more I just fell in love with it. And so in 2019, I trained with Evelyn Trivoli to be a certified intuitive eating counselor. And ever since that, ever since then, I've really made that my niche um, to help, you know, both parents and kids have a positive relationship with food. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, I had no idea, you know, when you graduate with all these, and I think our, our group was maybe what, like 15, all pretty much all women, except for that one guy whose name I completely forget, but he was <laughs> in our group. <laughs> right, right. But I, I never know what everyone does. I mean, I see him on Facebook and truthfully, I did not even, I knew you lived in St. Louis, um, but I didn't know all that. So that's, that's great, Catherine. Thank you so much. And just a little icebreaker, uh, Catherine, to kick us off uh, on a light note, if you had to choose your last meal on earth, what would you choose? <laughs> oh. Gosh, um, you know, I would probably have to go with lasagna, maybe because it's cold and it's start, you know, it's starting to get uh, to be cozy, warm uh, food mm-hmm. season. But um, I think lasagna with some really good bread and a salad and a glass of wine would be fabulous. Oh, Meat sounds- or veggie lasagna? Meat. yeah i agree i agree i like them both but definitely i I need to have some meat in there (laughs) it can even be vegetarian like morning star meat but i I gotta have the the protein right awesome right sounds so good 
All right. So we're going to dive right into the questions, starting with a big one. Catherine, what is the deal with pregnancy weight gain charts? And do you think they're even necessary? I just think about my own story. I really, I feel like I did a really good job eating intuitively throughout my entire pregnancies and, and actually gained less than the recommended 35 pounds that was recommended according to my weight when I started or when I got pregnant. I'm really thankful that my doctor didn't push this one on me because I know I would have been overfeeding and ignoring my body's needs had he kept pushing weight gain. But on the other hand, I know plenty of women who quote unquote gained more than they should and felt really guilty because in a sense, they felt like they were already failing at being a mom even before giving birth. So talk to us about these pregnancy weight gain recommendations. Oh my gosh, the pregnancy <laughs> weight gain recommendations. Um, so I have a 13 month old and, um, you know, going through pregnancy, you know, no woman wants to, you know, feel like they've failed at being a mom before they've even given birth. Right. So <laughs> I never want anybody to feel that way. Um, so I guess just to maybe explain what the recommendations are vaguely, I don't want to really talk numbers, but they were um, published by the Institute of Medicine in 2009. And basically, they just give a recommended range that a woman should gain. And that's, in, you know, quotes, ear quotes, you know, quote unquote, should gain um, depending on her pre-pregnancy BMI. Um, to me, I feel like, you know, we don't really want to give that a lot of value um, because we know that uh, somebody's weight um, can't be controlled. Right. And I was looking at the CDC website uh, today, actually, and just it even says that 32 percent of women um, gain the recommended amount. So that tells me that, you know, nearly 70 percent of women fall outside of that range and further supports, you know, my perspective that, you know, really our weight isn't something that we can control. Um, and so I wouldn't put a lot of value on that. Um, and I would say my own experience was maybe similar to yours, Gina, in the sense that um, my provider didn't push a weight gain on me or, or didn't didn't challenge me in any way if I had gained too much or too little or, you know, just like week to week if it was, you know, quote unquote appropriate. Um, and I feel like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what my pre-pregnancy weight was because I, I don't weigh myself, but I suspect I probably gained more than the quote unquote recommended. And so, you know, I just, I think it's important to know that, you know, what our body does um, during pregnancy is, is outside of our control. And in general, women can't control their weight anyway, or people can't control their weight. So I would give the, you know, those recommendations, um, I kind of take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. Cause you know, one would think that the pregnancy recommendations are based on, you know, if you, if you, are a certain weight when you get pregnant, you need this amount of weight to gain in order to grow your child. But I feel like that really has nothing to do with the weight charts. I really, I don't know, but I, that's, that's what I, my, my inclination. And I would agree with you. I mean, you know, what we're gaining is fluid and a placenta and a baby, you know, yeah, right? So, and everybody, you know, the birth weights range, you know, how much the placenta weighs and, and the fluid. I mean, there's just so much that goes into that, that, you know, right. I think the main thing is just that the baby is healthy and growing appropriately and right. whatever your body needs to do to get there, you know, seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Okay. So let's say a woman has had at least one child, but's planning to have more. 
and she's unhappy with the amount of weight she gained during her first pregnancy or her second. Would you advise a different approach going into subsequent subsequent pregnancies or do you have a more pragmatic, intuitive, eating-friendly approach that you'd recommend? Um, I'm going to go with the latter. And, <laughs> you know, to me, I think the, um, the thing that comes to mind is the intuitive eating approach of, um, I'm sorry, do you guys hear that? It's okay. Okay. I'm trying to hit off. Oh no! Is that your is that it's your parents' your parents, alarm? Well, it's their landline. I'm sorry. Who oh, has landline. a landline? Parent? I know, Come I on. Know. I'm so sorry. I'm what sorry. is that? Please describe. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I hung up on my sister. I'm so sorry. Okay. Can we start over with that question? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. Do you do you want me to ask it again, or do you just want to go ahead and answer it? I can go ahead and answer it. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So to answer your question, Gina, what comes to mind for me is thinking about the intuitive eating approach of putting weight on the back burner. So, you know, if somebody is, you know, feeling a little self-conscious about uh, weight gain during pregnancy, you know, I know it's easier said than done, but I think just putting any sort of emphasis on on weight, um, you know, out of their mind and really just trying to focus on those health promoting behaviors and taking care of themselves and their baby. Um, and, you know, just really trying to focus on the, on the positive and what, you know, amazing thing their body is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do have friends who let's say I can, I can think of one friend in particular. She told me she gained 65 pounds when she was pregnant and she's about my size. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know if if she was saying that in a bad way or she wasn't saying that she wishes she wished she didn't. It was just that was more weight than she quote unquote should have gained according to the charts. But let's just say, let's just my assumption when she told me that my assumption was either a she retained more water, but she's someone who retains more water. Like I don't retain any water when I'm pregnant. I just don't. I feel like some women retain more water, like you said. Um. Or, or B, maybe she just, some women, some women may, may get pregnant and then just think, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. I, I'm going to eat for two or I can eat whatever I want. Is there anything wrong with maybe just having a little, you know, heart to heart or even talking with a woman and saying, listen, let's reevaluate how you went about your pregnancy last time. And, you know, instead of eating for two, let's remember you're not really eating for two. I mean, is there anything wrong with having those kind of conversations and really kind of diving into maybe why a certain amount of weight was gained if you if you don't want to gain that weight again. I mean, is there anything that might be, I don't know, wrong with that kind of conversation? Coming from someone like you who is a haze, you know, haze positive, health at every size, intuitive eating dietitian. So I would say that we, I mean, I would never want to comment on somebody's, you know, weight gain. And I would try to be as neutral as possible if somebody shared a number with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd be more than happy to explore, um, their relationship with food and yeah, maybe their approach to eating when they're pregnant versus when they're not pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot to explore there and, you know, definitely you can use the intuitive eating principles to help them, you know, have unconditional permission to eat while also tuning into hunger and fullness and, and finding joyful movement. And, you know, I think there's a lot of space here for intuitive eating to support a healthy relationship with food during the pregnancy. But 
Um, as far as the numbers go, I think I would try and remain very neutral to that. Yeah, does that no, answer your question? Right. It does. I did not ask the question correctly. It just kind of came to me, but I was just, that was the perfect answer. Yes, that's exactly what I, what I, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I would have said. It's funny. I, 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 my approach to this kind of stuff has changed so much since having kids. I'll be completely honest. And all the conversations that, I, that I've had with a lot of my friends in the past, like I think about some of the things that I said in the past. And yes, I think what you just said makes so much more sense and is so much more neutral and really body positive. So yes, I appreciate that. Yes, that's a great answer and one that I hope that I would give now as well. And I think too, Gina, just to kind of, you know, um, go off, you know, or add to that maybe, I, I feel like my approach has really changed as an intuitive eating haze aligned dietitian, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think my answer now is different than what I would have said 10 or 15 years ago. And yeah. so I can just, you know, appreciate how, you know, being a certified intuitive eating uh, counselor, being a haze informed dietitian, like, like that has just totally steered me a totally different way and a direction that I feel like is so much more helpful to families. Yes. Yes, exactly. I agree, Catherine. A similar-ish question, uh, and this is with regards to postpartum weight cycling or that kind of rapid up and down of, of body weight. Is it as dangerous as we hear about in non-pregnant bodies uh, for a, a pregnant woman? So specifically, I think of women who have several babies relatively close together and some, you know, there's different schools of thought. Some, some women think I should get to my pre-pregnancy weight before getting pregnant again, other women think I'll work on my body, my weight, whatever, after I'm done having kids, not right now. And some women assume I'll never be fit again. It is what it is. Uh, and I'm way oversimplifying kind of those buckets there. But in your opinion, what's the best approach or is there one? That is such an interesting question. Um, I, I guess to answer the first part of, you know, just is weight cycling, you know, dangerous? You know, I would say it definitely, it seems concerning. Right. So, I mean, even just from a physiological perspective, you know, having babies really close together, I mean, that depletes the mom's nutrient stores potentially. Right. So, you know, whether we're thinking about iron or folate or calcium, you know, your body's going to give the baby what it needs. And then if on top of that, you're undernourishing yourself in between pregnancies, I think that would just exacerbate any potential risk for a nutrient deficiency, um, or certainly just, again, depleting your body's stores. Um, so to me, it, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be concerned about that aspect of it. And then really, I think the best approach is just listening to your body, right? Because I, I've only had one pregnancy, but I definitely understand that you know every pregnancy is different, right? So some pregnancies, you might be able to be active and not have a lot of, um, you know, nausea or vomiting or, you know, you, you kind of sail through and then the next pregnancy, you might be super sick, plus you're chasing around a toddler. So, you know, I think it's just best to, you know, take care of yourself the best way you can in the moment um, and, and not try to make it an all or nothing uh, mentality. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Just anecdotally, you're talking about placentas. I remember after I had my first daughter, my husband took a picture of my placenta and it filled the entire like basin, the giant thing. And even the midwife was like, wow, that's a big placenta. Like she, like, <laughs> she was super impressed. And then 
the next one, Mark was like, yeah, it was like half the size. That's so, I just, that's amazing oh to me. Like very, oh very bizarre. Um, <laughs> the pregnancies but, are different. They are. And you said, Gina, like you don't retain water. I did with Shay. I remember my my oldest and I did not with my other. I don't know. Pregnancy is so fascinating. That and is I so interesting. I definitely retained a ton of water with Jack. I mean, I could, you know, my ankles were so swollen by the end. So yeah. And, and see, and, and I literally, I mean, there was nothing about my body that changed except for my stomach. So I think to myself, of course, I didn't put on the recommended amount of weight because some women put on probably 10 or 20 pounds of water weight. I'm making that up. I don't know that for a fact. Don't Google it. But that is my guess. Well, and sure. even if it is fat, I mean, that's okay too, right? Exactly. Like, like exactly. you know, our bodies are just doing what it needs to, to, you know, grow this beautiful child. Yeah, It, it is really an amazing thing when you really think about it. I know. <laughs> it is an amazing thing. It is. But if we're being Real. Uh, the days and weeks following delivery is truly a time I recall feeling very confused about that really rapid change in my body that was lined with dissatisfaction. Uh, Catherine, can you give us some insights into what's quote normal uh, postpartum body changes? And we all know those whose bodies like kind of snap back seemingly without much transition from pregnant to status quo. Uh, help us set the record straight on what's a bit more typical. We all like to pick those outliers and be like, so-and-so's body. She was like back to her six-pack abs in, you know, three weeks. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I would just say that what is normal or what is typical is that our bodies change, right? Like period, end of story, our bodies change. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, I mean, in terms of shape and size, I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but like even like the hormone changes in, in that like immediate postpartum, you know, I didn't, I didn't know about the night sweats. Did, did you guys have that? I mean, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, you know, and then like my wrist was so sore for, like a month afterwards and like my wrist and my thumb, I, oh my oh. gosh, that was so painful. Yeah. My sister had the same thing. So did my sister-in-law, like our bodies change. These things happen and it's, and it's a very bizarre time. Um, you know, and I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but it's very unique, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so many things happening and changing. And I think the thing that's just normal to know is that it's, it's or what's important to know is that our bodies are going to change and that is normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not everybody, you know, some people, you know, may get back to a pre-pregnancy size and some may not. And I think, you know, trying to help people, uh, accept that, you know, whichever end of the spectrum they're on, you know, that, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. Their body just did what it needed to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like any pre-pregnancy body, we are all different. So of course, we're all going to have a different post-pregnancy body. But there's one thing that's not going to be different. There's not one woman out there whose body looks the same postpartum. Not one. Unless they're doing things that are extraneous, like, you know, significant diets or, you know, restrictions that are making that happen. But then those people aren't very happy. You know, it's you got to pick and choose what you want here, I guess. But I would definitely choose having a, a diet free life and, and having my my postpartum body that I've, you know, accepted. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, you know, everybody's timeline is different, you know. So, yes, like. I'll even share, you know, kind of similar to your first question of um, like the weight gain recommendations. 
I went in for my two week um, post delivery appointment, and my OB told me that my my stomach would be gone when I came back from my six week. Well, <laughs> it wasn't, and you know I think had I not felt pretty confident from you know a haze aligned perspective, like that really could have bothered me. But it didn't because I just knew, well, you know, oh, well, my, you know, my body didn't meet that timeline. Like, that's okay. And um, yeah, everybody's different and, and our bodies work at their own pace. That is so interesting that your nurse, were you kind of perturbed by that at all? Um, I, I was just because I, I felt like he didn't, like, I didn't understand the point of that comment, you know, yeah. and so I just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. And looking back, I probably should have said something, but um. I was just like, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because the reality is like your belly is never gone. I mean, I, I know that pooch that you get after you have a baby. Yes, that goes away. But your my stomach will always be bigger after having a child. And, Absolutely. Right? So it, really, it will it will never be gone. It's always going to be there. And and that that is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to accept it. Yeah. All right. So during my first pregnancy, it was honestly one of the first times in my life that I accepted my body. And when I noticed changes, I kept thinking, this is normal. This is beautiful. I'm growing my baby girl. It was all so sweet. Then, of course, once she was out, I no longer accepted those changes. And truthfully, if I'm being honest, there are still some changes that I haven't accepted. For example, my you know non-existent breasts. I've talked about getting breast implants uh, on this podcast. I've been very open about that after nursing for two years. Uh, So what do you think is happening here? What are your suggestions or tips for accepting and trusting our bodies? I know we've been talking about that, you know, accepting the natural changes that happen with our bodies, but it's so much easier said than done. So what are just some basic tips out there? I know it's the million dollar question. What do you think we can do just to make ourselves accept our bodies a little bit more? You know, I think that to me, the first step is just acknowledging those feelings, right? And just knowing that they're they're there and that's okay. Um, and then as much as you can, really try to focus on the positive and just the amazing gift that your body has has given for you. And just like what a, an amazing process pregnancy and and having a baby, you know what what that does. Um, I will say too, like just reflecting on on your question and your story you know, intuitive eating is a, is a journey, right? Like it's not linear and and you can't fail at it. Right. And so, you know, I think sometimes people take three steps forward, two steps back. And so, you know, I think it's just, it's a process and it takes time and understanding and patience and compassion. And so, um, you know, I think I would just try to take it one day at a time there and really just focus on, on the positive. Yeah. And, and I will add, because I like I was talking about when I asked the question, I certainly did not accept the changes when I had Paige because she was my first and I just was not prepared for the changes that I saw. It did take me actually having a second baby to accept them more, almost like I was, I just, not that I gave up, but I just, I kind of just gave in. I'm, I just kind of realized, you know what? I decided to have two beautiful children and uh, I made that decision. I wanted to have that. And if that means my body's going to change, so be it. You know, I just accepted it. I think more this after the second one, because I think it was just such a huge rapid change after the first one, but it obviously wasn't as, as significant with the second one because my body had already changed from the first one. So maybe that's another thing just, you know, to tell, to tell women out there, 
um, you know, it, it for me at least, it got easier with subsequent subsequent pregnancies. I'm not saying that's going to be the same for everyone. Maybe for some, it might get more difficult actually. But for me, it got easier. What about you, Nicole? Did you did you have the same experience where you almost by the time you had Piper, you were just like, you know what, I'm I'm going to accept this, and 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 you were able to to accept it more than after after having your first. As a dietitian in a larger body, I think I actually did better than most with this because I was starting with a body that I was probably already, you know, less than satisfied with, if I'm being honest. But my body and my weight loss, as as the woman with PCOS who cannot buy a pound of weight loss otherwise, after my I lost 40 pounds in like six days with Shay and 20 pounds after having Piper within like eight days. like, And I got back to my pre-pregnancy weight that quickly. It was like a miracle. I was like, this is amazing. Like for <laughs> me, as somebody who has struggled my entire life with my weight, it was, I, I can't even like describe how, like <laughs> it just lifted that that fear for me, I guess. Um, and if it didn't, that would be okay too. I mean, th- trust me, the scale stopped right there and I was right back to where I started, which was not where I wanted to be. But yeah, there was that acceptance. I think what comes to mind too is, having cleared out my closet of all that junk, I think what I realized too is like, it may be dressing in a different way that highlights a different part of your body. So like whether, cause some women end up with, you know, pretty significant, uh, you know, stretch marks and scarring, like some things that just don't change. So is it a sexy one piece or is it like, how can you kind of tweak how you make yourself feel good about your body? Like I realized that my legs are my best feature probably physically. I like my legs. And so that's something that I would, I show them off more. Like, whereas I prefer to keep like my arms covered. I don't know. I just realized like, instead of like trying to fight that, like just go with it and buy clothes and wear clothes that make me feel good about my body. I don't know. Yeah. Show off the parts of your body that you do truly, truly love. I mean, not to say that you shouldn't love the other parts, but hey, Flaunt what you what you're what you're loving these days. It's just like my boobs. I'll go back to the boob story. I found a bra that makes me feel sexy. I, I've talked about it on this podcast. The pepper bras. They're kind of lacy and they're and they're actually made for small breasts. And I love them. And I actually feel really good when I wear them. And I feel really sexy. And I'm just gonna have to buy one in every single color. I've already started. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. If you can dress for success and it it makes all the difference what you put on your body and what you wear and how you wear it. And oh, it does. It, I, I completely agree with you, Nicole. It does make all the difference. All right. Even, even after, especially after having a baby, go through that closet and be okay with throwing out things that you wore before you had your baby, before you got pregnant. You know, that it's it's almost, I think, more normal not to be able to fit into those clothes and be okay with it, right? I feel like that's kind of liberating, you know, yeah. just going to go through and be like, yeah, this, this doesn't fit anymore. And and that's totally okay. You know? And by the time you actually get to that season again, like those clothes are now a couple of years old. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You know, so I'm, go- you know, Jack is 13 months at the time of this recording. And, you know, so I'm going back to clothes from two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. to see if they fit. Cause last year, you know, obviously they didn't cause I had just had him. So, you know, it's yeah it's nice to get new things every once in a while to, to freshen things up and help you feel good about uh, what you're wearing. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great excuse to do that. Absolutely. 
All right. So I was recently listening to an audiobook. It was by Jessica Simpson. She wrote the, the audiobook or the book, Open Book. And actually, Nicole, you suggested mm-hmm. it to me and a couple other people did too. I don't know. Have you have you heard the book or read the book, um, Catherine? I have not. No. Okay. I never would have read this book. I'm not a Jessica Simpson fan. <laughs> I know, like I told, I, I told, I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll listen to this. It was, it was good. I, it definitely got, kept me listening. She narrated the audiobook, so I did enjoy it. But anyway, she was very motivating and she talked about how she's changed her mission to helping people feel good in their, in their own bodies, which I really, really appreciated because I know she's had some body struggles herself and she talked about that a lot in the book. But then she talked about how she really loves Weight Watchers and she loved doing Weight Watchers after she had her babies. Now, I do realize she gets paid by Weight Watchers. But here's my question, Catherine. Can we have body respect and also be dieters? So with a ton of compassion, I'm going to say no. Um, (laughs) And I will say that, like, of course, I understand why people want to lose weight, right? Like, I, I totally get that. I've, I've been there myself. Um, but depriving our bodies of adequate nutrition, I don't feel like is respecting it. Now, what I will say is that when people are trying to lose weight or, you know, whether it's Weight Watchers or whatever, somewhere along the line, hopefully they're trying to make a, there is a health promoting behavior change somewhere, unless it's something totally crazy. And so I know that when we take care of ourselves, like that helps us feel good, right? And so in a sense, that may feel like we're respecting our body. Um, so I would just try to take that one step further and say that that when we focus on health promoting behavior changes, that is um, body respect, you know, but again, putting the weight loss on the back burner. Yeah. I 100% agree, Catherine. <laughs> I love that. I love that answer. Ah, all right. To wrap us up, Catherine, if you could give us two to three, four or five, whatever you got, uh, quick tips uh, for any person listening out there who's still struggling with accepting their body, whether they're kind of early in their postpartum journey or years later, what what would you say? And do you have any books or podcast recommendations to kind of help us on that journey to body acceptance and body trust? So A couple of things um, that I would suggest, Uh, the first being that when somebody is having a bad body image day, I think just trying to find something to be grateful for um, that their body has been able to do for them. So whether that's nursing your baby or, you know, being able to push your baby in a stroller or, um, you know, just anything, you know, finding something that um, you can be thankful for, that would be the first thing. Um, The second thing we actually kind of just talked about with just um, making sure you're wearing clothes that fit. And, you know, I think that when you feel good, um, you know, that really can improve your self-esteem or your confidence. And if you're wearing things that don't fit, that don't fit and are, you know, kind of pinching your skin and and just constantly reminding how uncomfortable you are, you know, I feel like that can only make it worse. So, you know, the second thing is definitely just making sure you're wearing clothes that fit. Um, and then lastly, I would encourage people to just try and find something they can do, like, you know, just an action step to um, take care of themselves in the moment. So whether that is taking a quick cat nap or drinking an extra glass of water, um, 
maybe even just going on a short walk, you know, finding something positive that you can do for yourself, um, you know, can go a long way. And even if it's, I mean, like something as simple as drying your hair, you know, I had a good friend that gave me that um, tip of like, that was her goal for the day was that if she just, you know, took a few minutes to blow dry her hair, you know, that she felt like that helped her feel good about herself when she was, you know, home on maternity leave. And, you know, you kind of shower whenever you get a chance. And um, yeah, just doing something to to take care of yourself or make you feel good about yourself um, in the moment, I think can be helpful um, as well. And then uh, I did actually look back um, and on my website, I did post um, a blog, um, a blog post from last year when I talked about in my intuitive eating journey and just how it helped me during my pregnancy. So um, it's definitely not um, a blog or I'm sorry, uh, a podcast or a book or anything. But, you know, if that helps anybody, you know, I'd love for them to check it out. Yeah. Send that to us, Catherine. Absolutely. We'll, we'll put that on, in our show notes. Um, but going back to your first tip, I have to say, and I keep bringing up my boobs, but here we go. Whenever I have a bad boob day, I remind myself how my, I was a rock star pumper and breastfeeder. I was, I guess, what do they call me? A, a, a milk goddess. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? And, oh, yeah. I think oh, it's one of the reasons you. why. Yeah. I think it's why they deflated so badly because they got so gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> so they went from giant to, you know, basically smaller than they've ever been, you know, like little, like Nick likes to say, um, fried eggs hung up on a wall. <laughs> Just envision that, ladies. <laughs> um, yeah. So funny. So, but it does make me feel better about my boobs when I remember just, you know, how well they did for two years supplying milk, which is really essentially their job. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's, that's a good awesome. reminder. That's awesome. Oh, All right. Visual. So, Catherine. Visual, Nick. I love it. You'll, you'll never forget it. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So, Catherine, where can listeners find you and learn more? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Uh, let's see. So, um. I, you know, I wish I was more active on Instagram. Having a little one, I'm sure has uh, deterred that as much as I would like. But I, um, my Instagram handle is uh, intuitive eating for moms and just with a period in between each word. Mm -hmm. And then um, my website is healthy kids nutrition. So yeah, that is where people can find me or at least try to reach me for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Uh, after all the IT issues, I think this worked out really well and we appreciate your patience. And now it's time to get back to that beautiful baby of yours who's probably sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. All right. Mom wins or favorite new products or recipes? Yeah, this one is, um, I guess a little, I, I'm. I'm kind of just not into food lately. I'm very uninspired in the kitchen. So I'm going with a book. Um, but it's it's called One by Catherine, which is funny because we just interviewed Catherine. Catherine o Otoshi, O-T-O-S-H-I. It is so cute. I I just I just love it. It is probably geared towards more like ages three, four, five, maybe six, but I'm a big fan. It's just really, really cute. Okay. I'll also check it out on Amazon. Yeah. One. If you're looking for like, e. yeah, good Christmas gift for kiddos. Okay. Very Not good. you, but one. <laughs> right. <laughs> these, these one word uh, titles. 
All right. I'll have to check that out. Thank you. Um, personal shopper. I decided I needed to have a personal. Okay. I used to use Stitch Fix back in the day. And I do appreciate Stitch Fix, but I want to support local businesses where I can. So we have a local shopper. Her name is Joy. She's at Joy in Style on Instagram. And she's local to Columbus. And I decided to reach out to her. She sent me this whole questionnaire. I told her my budget. And then two weeks later, I had this cute little bag of clothes on my doorstep. And I just love it. So my plan is to use her maybe four times a year just to get some essentials and just to kind of spruce up my wardrobe a little bit in between seasons. And so if you are in the area, I highly recommend Joy. She is great. Actually, her twin sister is is my decorator. So they've got a, a little gig going on that I, I am enjoying quite a bit. <laughs> I'm jealous. I wonder if we have something like that in Little Town, Michigan. You, if, if you don't, I do highly recommend uh, Stitch Fix. They also do a really nice job. It's just a little bit it's a little bit pricier. They're not as good at bargain shopping, I, shopping, mm-hmm. I feel. Like Joy, if you tell her a budget and you say you want five pieces, she'll do it in your budget, which I love. Huh. Um, and, and of course, it's supporting local. And yeah, I just, I just really like her. All right. So coming up on November 28th, we will be dishing out another self-care episode on taking a holiday and parenting time out. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Check out all our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.